Hello and welcome to Command Space episode 45 on the Mighty 5x5 Network. Today is May 29th, 2013. I am your host. I am Mike Hurley. I am joined today by Mr. Stephen Hackett. Hi, Stephen Hackett. Hello, Michael Hurley. How are you? I'm doing well. So we had a guest conflict, so we decided to do something a little interesting today. So uh, me and Stephen, we recorded a show together on 70 Decibels, which was my network, um, our network, that was uh, acquired by the Mr. Dan Benjamin of 5x5. And uh, yeah, me and Stephen do a show called 512, um, which is still on 70 Decibels. It has not made the jump over. And um, we decided today because I had a space, that why don't we record an episode of Command Space together? Um, and we'll, you know, we'll talk about the same sort of stuff that we talk about on 512, which is like Apple and technology and stuff like that. Um, but we'll do it here, because otherwise the Command Space, you lovely Command Space listeners would have had nothing to listen to this week. And we so can't, re- we can't leave really like what that. you're saying is that um, either I saved your bacon, which is how I view it, mm-hmm. or it's like, well, there's no one else. I guess we'll just put Steven on. Yeah, I think it's a mix of both. <laughs> you know, the command space name came out of my brain. Yep. Yes, that is true. Stephen Hackett was, um, he is responsible, good or bad, for the name command space. He said, when I was looking to rebrand the show that this came from, he said, have you thought about command space? And then I came up with a little strap line, which is about putting a spotlight on the guest. Wah, it worked wah, out. Wah. And then there we go. The rest is history. The rest is history. Yeah, it's we've been doing this a long time together, so it's it's fun to uh, to finally join you. You were also on Command Space episode one and two. I did two by myself. You did, yeah. You did the you did episode two without me because I was on holiday. Well, it's good to join you here. The air is fresher. the uh, The water is uh, cooler, and the women are more beautiful here on 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 this network. So because there are no women on the other one. That's true. So um, we have some big, some big Apple news this week. Finally, right? It's been so dry for so long. Yeah, I mean, yes, yeah, so that's what we're going to talk about today. So we got some cool stuff, right? Yeah. So uh, Tim Cook, Apple's uh, CEO, um, made an appearance uh, last night, so May twenty eighth. At apparently, it's not called the All Things D conference anymore. It's just D eleven. I think oh, it's what. How they refer it to? So strange. Yeah, I don't know because it's not going to be the D11 conference next year to be D12. But they didn't ask me when doing their branding. Um, so Tim Cook was there, kind of kickoff. You know, definitely the highlight um, of the conference, right? So today they had uh, the Twitter CEO and a couple other people, but uh, Tim was definitely the biggest name. Yeah, as is as is it tends to be like. Steve was the biggest name. I mean, there's that amazing, like, um, Steve Jobs, Bill Gates video. Yeah. You know, so I just good. rewatched that like a, like about a year ago. Yeah. It's really good. Um, but, uh, but we can, we can get into maybe the reasons why or why not later. I thought we could just kind of walk through, uh, the interview and we don't have to, we don't have to touch every single point, but there were some highlights that I think are worth discussing. Um, now, now, this was basically like three o'clock in the morning for you, so you you were not awake. No, I I read The Verge's live blog today. <laughs> Hours later. Yeah, I, I read that this morning. Um, also reading through what is always a, a very fun Twitter stream 
um, after something like this. <laughs> the many, the many jokes, many from you. Um, we'll probably talk about that in a minute. Um, yeah, and that's always fun. Like, I yeah. like doing that. I like going through the next day and seeing and the, people. And the full and the full video is available now. So if you if you haven't, you know, it's one thing to read it, but usually I try to watch them as well. Yeah, I'm probably going to watch it today or uh, tomorrow. Because t- I mean, Tim Cook, you know, his body language and stuff is very interesting, and uh, it's very quick. You know, there were some complaints that that all things deed wasn't live streaming it but uh they had the video up i mean this morning so i mean that's it's a pretty quick turnaround much faster than in the past where yeah. you've had to wait a couple of days or or even a couple of weeks the fact that there is a video is good though like you know yeah i mean i mean i know mike you and i have spoken a lot about this that you would rather watch watch and listen to something than read it i think yeah. there are a lot of people who feel the same way so i mean so why not um why not do it and again, you pick up the body language and the you know the the physical cues that you don't get reading uh, a live blog, no matter how good that live blog may be. And the pacing, and you know, live blogs miss out on tone naturally, um, and a human can only hear and type so much. And you know, if for example, if in the Verge's live blog they said something wrong, I mean, I've been talking about that and believing it to be correct since, right? Which is. You, I think you see, always see. I feel like you always see this during a keynote, um, and it's much better to to be able to watch the videos before making any decisions and stuff. You know, because I've always felt that you very frequently miss something. Because yeah, you know, yeah, there's absolutely. So there's only so much they can do. Right, right. I mean. So uh, the timing of, of the D conference is always interesting to me. It's always the end of May. Uh, WWDC is always beginning to midsummer, and so in this case, it's just um, you know what two two and a half weeks before Apple's developer conference kicks off in mm-hmm. San Francisco, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, which we will both be attending. Yes. Um, well, we'll be in San Francisco. Yes, not attending the conference. Yeah. We're just going to be there hanging out, uh, mostly. Going from hot tub to hot tub. Mm-hmm. So, not that Apple would use a, a platform like this to make an announcement, anyways, but they're definitely not going to do it, you know, 17 days before they take the stage in San Francisco. Um, and I understand that. And I think a lot of people in the industry do get it. But then, you know, especially Kara Swisher tries to like go Tim Cook into telling them what's coming up and that that gets old to me very quickly. Yeah, I I today actually recorded uh, with Jim Darrenpool and Amplified. I filled in for Dan and one of the things that I asked him and I was kind of, you know, I kind of turned it into a Heineken joke, but um you know, as I think you kind of have to do on Amplified. Um but I wonder if they're the best people for this job. Like yeah. I don't think that they are. I don't. Mm, it's hard to say. Mossberg is very like they're oh. well actually let me let me go let me refrain they're both very smart but Kara Swisher particularly is like cringeworthy yeah and and not to say that she's not a good journalist or not she's a an wonderful incredible person. journalist and but, she has but some of these amazing questions insight like, and stuff but it seems like in this I feel like just because you're a great journalist and a great writer and you have great insight doesn't mean those skills can be transferred into an interview. Hmm. I think I'm a good interviewer. You are. But I don't 
I've never considered myself a good blogger. Um, I don't think I'm as good a blogger as I am an interviewer. Um, I mean, just it just slightly. I mean, while overlapping their different skill sets, exactly, and, that, and that, that's fine. I, I do think there's some people in the industry who would be better at it, but that's fine. Um, so two weeks before San Francisco, um, Tim even said it at one point. He says, "You know, like, what's new? What's coming? What's next? When is it coming?" I'm not going to answer those questions. You know, like <laughs> yeah, he, did. Um, he just like come out and say it. Um, <laughs> and he kind of one moment, and this was a great comedy moment. Where he's like, uh, it's like Christmas Eve. And then Walt was like, I'm Jewish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. Um, so Walt, uh, Walt Mossberg, who's uh, been covering IT since the Abacus was released, um, comes kind of comes out swinging, right? I mean, his, his yeah. exact question is, you know, Samsung is growing stronger. Android is growing stronger. Your stock is down. There's a sense that Apple's lost its cool. Is Apple in trouble? Which is like, I mean, the first question, right? I mean, so I'm like watching the live blog and I'm, you know, tweeting on the 512 account, hilarious, hopefully hilarious things. And I'm like, holy cow, like there was no small talk. Like there was no, you know, interview foreplay or anything. He just went right to it. I like that he did that, actually. I did too, because that's like... It got it out of the way. Yeah, and I was thinking, you know, I was thinking before, it's like, you know, what are they going to talk about? And, and the stock price was the first thing that came to mind. And um, so it just makes sense that they would hit it right off the bat. But Tim, you know, fires his anger. He's like, you know, hang on, let's paint the picture. You know, we sell, uh, you know, we've sold 85 million phones, 42 million iPads. Like, we're fine. Um and they, he, he kind of comes back to that several times in the interview. There's a, there's a quote that something along the lines of like their North Star is making great products. And so bad. I don't know who gave him that line. Pretty bad. Such but a bad line. That's <laughs> kind of, I think that might have just been Tim Cook. Like, I feel like that's yeah. just Tim saying it. But, um, <laughs> but that's, that, that, if there's a picture here, if there's a, a broad overview of what Tim Cook was saying, it's that Apple isn't, or can't, or isn't, I don't know what the right verb is, but they are not, you know, splintering their attention to deal with these lawsuits and Samsung and Android phones getting bigger, but their focus is making really good products. Yeah. And they're a product-first company. They always have been. And that's not a new story to come out of Cupertino. Tim Cook isn't saying anything radically different than Steve, jo- Steve Jobs ever said. But it's it's just reiterating that, like, hey, we know the stock price is down. Hey, we know that you can buy a Samsung uh, Galaxy Note that has a 42-inch screen. Like, we get it. We know that's out there. I mean, at one point, he's like, no, of course I look at Android. My head isn't buried in the sand. But he's saying that that stuff is, is secondary to what we're trying to do, and that is to make good products and to find the magic that, that happens when at the intersection of hardware, software, and services. Would you find it offensive if I said that the way that you say some words sounds like Tim Cook to me? He's from the South, as am I. Yeah, which is why. I mean, but I, where I don't know where he's from. Um, he, I know he went to Auburn University. Because, you know, if you said that somebody in the UK has the same accent as me, they might have a totally different accent to me in my brain. 
you know, because right. they're from different parts. But like, especially the way you said the way you said products a minute ago is like you said it quite slowly as well, <laughs> and it sounded a lot like him. I he is that, from Robertsdale, Alabama. So that's not. Yeah, that's pretty bad. That's that's not close to you, is it? No, it is. It's um, a the two thousand census according to Wikipedia says the population is less than four thousand people. Oh, so it's on the Gulf Coast, like it's near the Gulf of Mexico. I mean, it's it's closer to me than I am to a lot of other people that you might know in the U.S. Like, I don't know, someone far away, Marco. <laughs> Yes, I'm closer to Tim Cook's parents than I am to Marco Armit. So everybody out there now knows where I live geographically. Is that emotionally as well as geographically? I don't know. I think Tim and I would get along. I think I could get along with... I think everyone feels like... You know what I think the difference is? I think everybody want would like think that they would love to get along with Steve Jobs, but I think know that they wouldn't. I think everybody thinks they could get along with Tim Cook. Mm-hmm. Because Tim Cook... He's so, he seems so sweet and nice and calm. Like, Jobs was like intense. Even right. though he was speaking calmly, he was intense. Tim Cook, like, it, it feels like nothing phases him. Like, the way that Walt opened that question and, like, going back to that, like, Jobs would have, he would have, he wouldn't have, like, got up and stormed out, right? But he would have destroyed Walt Mossberg in the calmest possible way. Like, he would have just, like, obliterated him. But Tim Cook is like, calm down, hang on a minute, you know, let's look at this, you know? Do you know? Uh, do, do you see what I'm saying? Do you see what I I'm mean, getting I think, at? I think, I mean, there's a, there's a story, right, of Tim Cook when he was COO of Apple. They were talking about China or something. Yeah, and, like, he said, story. go fix it. And then, like, an hour later in the meeting, he's like, why are you still here? Why are you not flying to China? And it was, like, a Sunday night, you know, at, like, 11 o'clock. And then the dude gets up, doesn't go home, gets on a plane, Fly, goes to flies China. to China. He's like texting his wife. I'm so sorry. Um, so I think, I mean, I think he is strict and, and I think, whatnot. But I, I see what you're saying. Well, I um, think in that respect, he's I mean, a CEO. Subtle racism aside, yeah. uh, I see what you're saying. He's a CEO of arguably the largest company on the planet. He can do that. So you know, I, I think that any of us in that perspective would be like, if I ask you to do something. Like if I if I as the CEO of the largest company in the world give you a direct order, I don't expect you to come to the next meeting with your update on that. I expect it to be done. So that means if I tell you to go to China, you need to have started already making plans to do that. Like I get that. Maybe that says something about me. I'm not sure. No, I think that's uh, I think that's good. Uh, yeah. um, I would like you to go to China now. So we are. Uh... Oh, I'll, I'll go. I'll leave right now. Thank you. Um, so they, they they talk about stock price and um, and it kind of pivots from there. You know, Kara at one point's like, you know, kind of comes back to the stock pricing. And Tim says it. You know, he says it's the the stock price is a frustrating subject for us. Um, and a CEO, you know, CEOs. In most companies, one of their primary responsibilities is to make sure the shareholders, so the owners of the stock, um, that their investment is made worthwhile. And while long-term, Apple stock is has has been a very good investment in the in the recent, I don't know, year or ten months, however long it's been since it's kind of taken a beating, um, hasn't been. And you know, there there's some calls for people to you know saying you know Tim needs to address that. 
But what he says is, the way we address this is by making good products, right? Like, man, I'm so self-conscious about the way I say that now. It sounds good, though. Thanks. Um, and so it's, it's going back to that theme. It's going back to that picture of, we're Apple. This is what we do. We like, make things. Being a, a publicly traded company doesn't gel with Apple's sort of mission objectives and the, the, the way they operate the company. I've always found it so strange that a company so secretive would be publicly traded. I've always found that strange. You know, every couple of years, that exact thing comes up where some analyst or investor who is having a bad day is like, Apple should tell us what's going on because they're, you know, we own part of their company. And I mean, yeah, but is Apple really all that different? Um, well, I, I, I think, think I think I think the big difference. So let's take Google. Um, the, the big difference between Apple and Google, Google is very private and very secret about things. But what where Apple stands alone is they don't officially announce things until they're ready to ship. Where Google's like. You know, hey, uh, Android 4.5 is coming at the end of August or whatever it is. And and Apple does do that some. And, and we can talk about the way Apple's product announcements have changed if you want. But I think that that Apple being secretive, quote-unquote, is not supremely different than other companies. I think it's made out to be a bigger difference than it is. But they're also a very proud company. And they won't respond to things which maybe other companies would respond to. Is that, you know? Well, yeah. I get that feeling anyway. Yeah. Um, so they um, they talk about, about rivals, and I, I kind of chuckled at this. Um, you know, Tim's like, we've always had competent rivals. We fought against Microsoft, still fight against Microsoft in the PC space. We fought hard against hardware companies that were viewed to be incredible hardware companies like Dell. <laughs> I like how he says that were viewed, not yeah. that we viewed them yeah. as incredible, but other people did. And also, um, like he says it in the past tense as well. Like, yeah. We fought, like because he says we fought against Microsoft and still do. We fought against Dell. Yeah. And then here's the <laughs> line that everybody's kind of groaning about. Our North Star yeah. is a direct copy from the Verge's live blog. Our North Star is always on making the best products. It's so bad. The best phone, comma, the best tablet, comma, the best PC, comma, the best MP3 player. If you look at the stock, it's been frustrating. Frustrating for investors and all of us. This tube is not unprecedented. The beauty of being around for a while is that you see many cycles. And, um, I don't know, it's just, you know... Again, Tim is driving the conversations toward products. Yeah. Uh, and um, and so Walt's like, hey, let's talk about products. And so this really, I hate this question from Walt, and I hate it when I see it on the internet at Walt Mossberg. Apple is generally perceived as a company capable of changing the game. We've done it five, six times. It's been a while. The iPad Mini was a really good move, but it's not a game-changing product the way the iPad was. See, before I know what you're going, you're going to get to, but before you do, like an issue that I have with that question is what they're saying is you've been perceived as a company capable of changing the game, right? So the term changing the game in this parlance means you are a company that is capable of changing the computing industry, right? 
That's what they mean by that. You've done it five or six times. It's been a while. You have changed the course of computing six times. But we need it again. Like, it's very strange, isn't it, to hear like that. Like You have uh, multiple times over the course of the company's history, 20, 30, 40 years, however long it's been, you've set up the industry, then changed it a bunch of times, been on top a bunch of times, but you've got to do it again. No other company is given this. Right. And so, so, so I wrote down in, in our notes... Uh, Apple One, 1976, Macintosh, 1984, iPod, 2001, iPhone, 2007, iPad, 2010. Like, okay, yes, like the last three are with increasing frequency. But that aside, Apple's done what, what other companies have never done. Even if you look at Microsoft, Microsoft's really only ever done one thing. They've done the, the personal computer. And everything they've done since then has been a riff off, off that. Google has really only ever done one thing, maybe two, search and advertising. Yeah. Everything they do is a riff off that. Or, Apple, or they, they're, they're piggybacking on, a new, on another industry. Right. But Apple, like, the Macintosh was brand new. The iPhone, yes, there were smartphones, but Apple, I don't think anyone would disagree, they reinvented the smartphone. We don't have smartphones like 2006 smartphones anymore. Right, and that is the test. That is the litmus test when you look at these changes. Is do did Apple and its products change the course of history? I don't mean that in some big like romantic way. I mean, I mean it literally. Like, do people still buy Windows tablets? No, they buy iPads, and they buy some people who are on crack buy Android tablets, which are basically like iPads. If you take the the Apple One out of that list. The Macintosh, the iPod, the iPhone, and the iPad. Maybe even the iMac as well in there, you know. Um, They were all products or product lines that existed in some previous form. But then Apple's version of it came out, and then they never went back. Nobody ever went back, you know. Because we had MP3 players. But nobody made an MP3 player like pre-iPod after the iPod and, and so so on and so forth. Exactly. That's that's exactly right. And and that's what he's saying. He's like, look at our history. Look at what we've done. Look where we're, you know, like we still have that in us. Um, and he, I mean, he says, he says, yes, we are still that company. We have some incredible plans that we've been working on for a while. We have incredible ideas. The same culture and largely the same people that brought you the iPhone, the iPad mini, and the iPod, and some who even brought you the Mac, the same culture is there. Um, I think that's really critical for them right now to to be able to sell that they are the same, that they have the same abilities um, that the company did. Really what this is about is, under you know, if they had the same abilities as they did under Steve Jobs. That's yeah. really the underlying theme here, yeah, there's, right? There's a thin veil, um, which I feel sorry for, for Tim that he has to, to go back to, but he kind of... It's what people want to hear right now, and maybe in five years it won't be a problem, and I really think it will take sort of that long before people stop asking these questions, like seriously. Um, 
but I get why they do that. I get why they 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 go back to this. It's the same company. It's the same, with some exceptions, people. Um, we're still making awesome stuff. You've just not seen it yet, right? Um, and I mean, and and logically, and, and to their credit, Karen Walt bounce off of that conversation into the television. I mean, how many times has Gene Munster gotten on, you know, behind his, uh, you know, I like to think Gene Munster works on like a clamshell iBook and like bangs out a blog post about how Apple's got TV coming next quarter. Gene Munster's a joke. Like most of the analysts are. He's Um, the worst though. Like I really think he might be, there's something going on there. Like he might be super smart. I mean, maybe, mm. and then maybe all I hear is the stupid stuff. But the fact that I know he, I don't know the name of any other Apple analyst. Like, I don't know any of their names. I just don't know. You know, I don't. I really don't. But I know Gene Monsters because he says so many stupid things. Right. And so um, Tim cites that 13 million Apple TVs have been sold, half of which are in the last year, which is incredible the second part of that which is amazing and doesn't make sense to me like i bought 40 of them so that counts yeah you put your probably part of this i think i'm i think i'm the only reason apple's still in business that was for um, him that was for steven personally by the way he, he has a very big house seems inaccurate well Anyway, we we did buy forty, and I think I'm a good example of how it's growing. It's growing not only in the homes, but it's growing in businesses as well. We have them in all of our conference rooms and classrooms, and anywhere we have a, a display, there's an Apple TV. Um, really, mainly for AirPlay, but that's not important for this conversation. Um, so, you know, again, he's not saying. We have a television coming out next year, or the Apple TV is going to gain apps, or whatever people fantasize the future to be. He just talks about what is, and he says, you know, it's selling at an incredible rate, and we don't market it like you've there. I don't think I've, I've ever seen an Apple TV television ad. Yeah, I don't think no, um, uh, they don't uh, market it. It's kind. like it's like we sell it, and if you stumble across it, that's great, but they don't push it. Not even really in the store. Mm-mm. You know, they have like one or most Apple stores have one or two hooked up to like a Sony Bravia television in the back. Um, but obviously it's catching on and people enjoy it. Um, and that's great. And, and people want Apple to do more. And the question was, you know, brought up is Hollywood. So are content makers the reason you're not doing this? You know, it's it. It's almost as if as Karen Walt and I guess everybody else assume that Apple like has a television set like built and ready to ship. Like they have them stacked they up in a, in a warehouse. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> like Cafe Max is like half roped off on campus with like Apple television boxes because they can't sell them yet because they haven't figured out how to get content on them. And um, and Tim's like, we have a grand vision, and he I love this. He promises Walt Mossberg that the second Apple has something available, that Walt will see it first. And like you know, just Gene Munster just like like just died. Like he's <laughs> that was it. He's done. He is X Munster. Yeah. That is it for him. And what a great last name. Munster, yeah. It makes Munster. me it always makes me think of the Munsters. You know that TV show? 
That's uh, a, a shocking uh, line to draw there, Mike. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Kara asks Tim <laughs> any thoughts about wearable computing, Google Glass. Right, so that's the other thing, right? Apple TV or Apple Television and then the iWatch. So the reason, <laughs> yeah, the reason that these two come up is because Tim has, has planted the seed that there will be a new product this year. And these are the only two products that we are able to conceive in our minds that they could do. They could do something totally different, but all that we know that we think that Apple could make is either a wearable device, whether that be a watch or something else, or a TV. Like, I don't really see anybody say they're going to be doing anything else and be sensible about it. Games console is not happening, but that's silly, you know? Um, And... You know, and it's because it's a totally new category, right? Because they could turn the Apple TV into more of a gaming console, but it would still be the Apple TV. So this is a totally new product category. Well, I think category and device are different things. But that that aside, I mean, they ask about it, and uh, he kind of takes a crack at Google Glass, basically saying, like, no one wants to wear glasses. They have to. Which I made a joke on Twitter that, like, a thousand hipsters just started sobbing. Um like, you know, like Matt Alexander, you know, Matt Alexander wears like those fake glasses so he looks sexy and smart. He does do that. He does. Um, you know, he says, wearables are incredibly interesting to us. It could be a profound area. Um, and then we see into Tim Cook's very soul. And he says, I wear a Nike Fuel Band. Yeah. That, interesting, right? That he named Shut down that. the presses, man. Like, Apple's going to buy Nike. It's over. <laughs> In all serious, Apple and Nike have always had a very close relationship. And Tim's on both boards. Tim's been on the Nike board since 2005, oh, sometime. That's why he's like, name check. Bye. Yeah, he's like, Fitbit sucks. Um, it's like I take a $1 salary from Apple, I take a $10 million salary from Nike. But I get it in fuel bands. Um <laughs> I mean, and that's cool. I mean, you know, Tim's known to be athletic and to be a runner and and work out. And that, that's that's fine or whatever. But he makes the point about glasses. He says, you know, maybe watches aren't right because most young people don't wear watches. Um, yeah, he said something and, about sensors, didn't he? He said sensors are interesting. Yeah, so I really just want to see Bob Mansfield, like, on stage, like, in a robe with, like, sensors attached to him, connected to his iPhone. <laughs> Like one of those heart monitor things. Clearly, that's what's going to happen, Michael. You know there's a, an iPhone blood pressure monitor? Yeah, there's all sorts of stuff. It uh, ties with the dot connector, right? Yeah, there's a weird section of the Apple online store. That has, like made for iPhone accessories type yeah, stuff? Yeah, and it has these very strange products in it. Yeah, and and Tim brings up a really interesting point. I mean, besides Google Glass, which I don't even think it counts... Like, you think about, like, wearable technology, like, a, most of it that I can think of is, like, fitness-related, right? Like, the Fuel Band, the Fitbit Flex. I mean, I'm wearing one right here. Um, and Tim's like, it can go way beyond fitness. That's just where it is. It's just where it started. Um, he did not confirm the watch. So, I don't know what to say about that. I thought he would. Kara thought he would. Maybe, may, here it is, Mike. I know what they're going to do. Okay. They're going to have the iWatch. In the iWatch, 
which connects Bluetooth to your phone. Everything gets eight hour, eight days of battery life because it's amazing. Inside the iWatch is a little Pico projector. So you sit the watch on your coffee table, and it's streaming wirelessly, so it signals your heartbeat and everything, your cholesterol. And instead of an Apple TV, it's an Apple. This is like a, a screen, and it Pico projects from the watch to the oh, screen. It's the Apple Watch TV. That's exactly what it is. That's it. That's two product categories I need, call, in one. I need to call Jim. I think that's right. Yeah, he would yep that, and then you're done. That's totally what's happening. But like, that's what people want out of these interviews. I want Tim to like trip up or to be like, yes, this is the iWatch. We decided not to save it for our developer conference. Uh, and it just, it's just crazy to me. Like um, every, every answer that Tim gives is to a point pre-prepared. Like he doesn't see the questions, but you know what's going to get asked. So yeah. there is no way that he is going to be in a position to trip up. Because you can't trick him, you know? Like he's not he's not trickable. He knows what you're going to ask him. So he just says quite flat out I'm not going to ask him. Like it's not like they play that game of him like where they're like boxes or briefs, you know? Peanut butter right. or jelly. <laughs> TV or watch. Uh watch. Ah, gotcha. They should do uh, that, the, though. The, the odd ordering of that aside, Harry McCracken uh, wrote a very uh, a piece basically saying that, uh, published earlier today. Um, it's like, here, here it is. If you're wondering what Apple CEO Tim Cook was going to say during his interview, blah, 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 you could have made some good guesses, assuming you've been paying attention to Apple and Cook's public statements in specific. Like it's it's not new, and that's fine. Like I'm not saying it should be. I'm just saying you shouldn't be surprised by it. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um. And so I mean, the fuel band was like the craziest to me. It was like kind of the funnest part of the interview. Like, oh, Tim Cook's a human. Like, yeah, yeah. And that's what it makes him because he's just acknowledged. So yeah, yeah. He bought it on Amazon, and yep, probably thinks it's too bulky, like I do. Well, he probably bought it on the Apple Store. They probably shipped him one. Yeah, I mean, he probably has unlimited fuel bands. He probably has a fuel band that me and you can't get by. Maybe one that lasts more than two days between recharges. Maybe one that has a pickup. Burn. In it. Oh. Um. Should we take a break? Yeah, I need a break. I need to. You need, I to, need to. Do you need to re re sort of focus yourself? I think I'm going to uh, go charge your go. fuel band. Yes. Okay. Hey, I'm I'm wearing a T-shirt from our sponsor today, right now. Oh, are you? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Our sponsor is the fine folks over at Squarespace.com who give you everything you need to make an amazing website. It doesn't matter how experienced you are when it comes to putting websites online. You can put something on the web in just minutes. And that's because Squarespace take all of the worry, all of the hassle out of hosting, scaling, integrating with social services like Twitter and Facebook, finding a designer and all of that jazz. Because Squarespace is a fully hosted, completely managed environment that allows you to create and maintain a beautiful website, blog, portfolio or even an online store. They have fantastic templates, they're very beautiful and they feature responsive web design. So your website's going to look fantastic no matter what device your visitors are seeing it on. They have fantastic statistics. They're built right into Squarespace. They, you can see who's coming to your site in real time. And the pages that they're going to go to, they're going to look fantastic because of their drag and drop. 
page building system. It's called Layout Engine. It allows you to create custom layouts for each of our pages in seconds. You choose the type of content and how you want it to display, and you just quite literally in the web browser click, drag, and drop. It's awesome. Like you, you wouldn't believe it. You'd be like, how is this in a web browser? And you don't need to worry about any of that because it's just the magic that Squarespace have when it comes to building website creation platform tools and stuff. They have Squarespace Commerce as well, which allows you to add a fully integrated store into your Squarespace site and you can instantly start accepting payments. You can start selling physical or digital goods immediately, manage your inventory, process customer orders, and much, much more. If you have any issues when setting up Squarespace, they have amazing, award-winning 24-7 customer support. They can help you through anything you need to build your amazing site. Squarespace plans start at $10 a month for their standard plan and $20 a month for their unlimited plan. But you can sign up for a free trial if you go to squarespace.com forward slash 70 decibels. That's 70 D-E-C-I-B-E-L-S. If you enjoy the show, go there. Just sign up for a trial. You might love it. I think that you will. And it will help support the show too. And don't forget, if you... Uh, decide to purchase, click enter an offer code below the pricing information at checkout and use the code 70decibels5, 70-D-E-C-I-B-E-L-S and the number 5 and you will get an additional 10% off on top of any other discount. So thank you very much to Squarespace for being so awesome and for giving you everything you need to make an amazing website. Hey, Stephen Hackett. Hey, buddy. How you doing? I'm good. Stephen Hackett of 512pixels.net. That's true. That's your website. I took a um, I took a picture of myself wearing my Squarespace shirt. Put in the show notes. And I feel like I need to make two comments about this before moving on. A, I normally record with quite nice, over the ear like head like studio grade headphones. Mm-hmm. But I'm at home today, and so I'm using earpods. I'm recording on a on the Yeti, which is not my mic of choice anyways. So I'm very discombobulated today with my equipment. It's because you stepped in for command space for the listeners. That's right. And I was at home and I was like, hey, I can I can pull this together. You did. The other thing I wanted to, to share with you is that as I took the picture, you know, you take your picture and Mike, I know you haven't used an iPhone in a while, but when you take a picture, you get a little animation of it like falling into the camera roll, mm-hmm. which makes perfect sense. And my, my springboard crashed as it did it. Like, I open. took the picture, bam, Apple logo. That's open, isn't it? That's, that's, Sounds good. That's what it's about, man. Open. Woohoo! That, hmm. you, we should have asked Tim Cook if he could tech support that issue for you. I'm going to email him right now. I think that you should. See if he's on my message. Um, so, moving on, uh, I kind of think we need to speed this up. Um, man, that's no, no, we're good, man. 38 minutes. Okay. This show can go like ninety. We can go forever. <laughs> Just like it. that, everybody force quit Instacast. Um, <laughs> they talk about Android, uh, which actually took longer to get to than I thought it would. Yeah, I thought that would have come up the top, really. Yeah, or sooner. Um, not sooner than the top, but sooner. Well, no, than you know did. when they were talking about Apple's not cool anymore. Yeah, that's when I thought I was like, well, they're gonna ask the Android question. Yeah. So they finally do, and. Uh, and again, Tim paints this picture that we've been talking about. For us, winning has never been about making the most. Arguably, we make the best PC, but we don't make the most. We make the best music player, and we wound up making the most. We make the best tablet, we make the most. We make the best, the best phone, but we don't make the most phones. 
And that's that's really interesting for a couple of reasons. A, it's building my case of what Tim is trying to say of we are products, products, products. But they're kind of finally publicly acknowledging that Android is not any specific Android phone, of course, but Android as an ecosystem rivals them. And in some by some measures is bigger. And I think that's a shift. I feel like whether it was true or not at other points, Apple would come out and be like, we have blah, 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 numbers of numbers, you know? And just whether that number was bigger or smaller than, than Google's numbers, they would make it out like, they would just not talk about it. They would make it out like it was the biggest number in the world. Do you understand what I mean? Like, right. And in fact, so just how many, help me remember, uh, at Google I.O., the day of Google I.O., Apple sold or hit the what mark? 50 billion. Apps. 50 billion. Isn't Google like right behind them? 48. Yeah, like, cool, you hit 50 billion or whatever, but like, they're right behind you. you yeah, know? Like, yeah. And, and I mean, there are caveats. The same size. There are caveats to that. I mean, Google's obviously doing a lot more free, but there's free apps in Apple's portion too. And I can't remember the figures off the top of my head, but... Google were talking about how they were the, their percentages of, of like um, purchased apps were growing significantly. It's more than it's ever been, and they'd given out they'd, they'd spoken about like the amount of billions they paid out to developers, and that was increasing significantly too. So you know, yeah, it, it swings and roundabouts, but right. And I think it's interesting because I think there's a perception amongst Apple people, probably myself included, that people at least some people buy Android because it's kind of the default when you go into the Verizon store. And that's been talked about a lot, and we don't have to revisit that. Um, but, but there but, is a but change. Tim, but Tim commented on it. He said, yeah. there are things that we would call a feature phone you know, that are being, being sold as Android devices where people use them like a feature phone. Like, yes, your phone can do email and apps and all that stuff. People go in and say, I need a new phone. They get sold. Uh, you know, a two-year-old Samsung Galaxy 2 Spirit Away fancy pants, and they never really use it as a smartphone. So I, I think the usage is a little bit different, and, and that came up again. Apple talking about the web share that they have of iOS, you know, percentage of mobile web, and Apple is eating the lunch uh, of Google there. And it just, it's just interesting. While the numbers are close, there's obviously a lot of stories you can tell based on your perspective. Sure. Is that fair? No, I, I agree with, with it. Like there is that feature phone mentality. I think it was more like that than than it is now in, in going back into the past. But there is still uh, an element of that. You know, the Android phones or the free phones or the cheaper than iPhones. Um there are significant benefits to to um cell phone store clerks across the world to sell the hot Android phone. You know, they're incentivized for it, so they will push people into it. But I do know that there are, well, I see it, that there are people going to buy Galaxy phones. I mean, that's the that's the phone, right? That's the name. People want to go and get the Galaxy. They want to get the Galaxy. And, and, and there are a couple of people, like friends, who are not clued up either way, like they know what they're doing. They had iPhones and they've moved to Galaxy phones. You know, people that I know, family members and stuff. And, I, you know, I'm not saying there's anything wrong or right with that, but I'm just saying it's, a, it's a, in my opinion, a change. Sure. No, I think that's valid. I mean, it's a, I think anyone who thinks that the mobile 
scene is in any way settled is playing a short game. Very, very good point. Yep, it's flux. It's in flux. Yes, flux capacitor. Exactly. Hmm. So they they move on and kind of pivot from the Android question and, and go to talking about the iPhone family itself. And so, for the last several years, Apple has had a new phone, and then the previous two phones like knocked down a slot. And so right now you can you can still get an iPhone four free on contract from AT and T and Verizon. Uh, you can do the iPhone 4S for like what, like a hundred bucks on contract, or you can do an iPhone 5. And of course, the 5 is at least here in the U.S. is on every major carrier now, including T-Mobile. And and you look at Samsung, and they've got you know the Galaxy S4, the Galaxy Note 2. Uh, I was in a Verizon store just two days ago. You can still buy a Galaxy S3. They've knocked the price down on that. You heard about LG, the LG has multiple phones. Motorola has mo- multiple phones. Have you heard about but the Apple, Galaxy Mega? Galaxy, is that a thing? Yeah, Galaxy Mega. It's 5.8 and 6.3 inch devices, phones. Why? They're, they're sort of rolling them out across the globe. Like they've not been, I, I don't know if they've been um, really hyped up in the US. Like they're on um, pre order in the UK now. Um, 5.8 and 6.3 inch. What's the iPad mini? Uh, 7.9. Jeez. So um, that's, I mean, and, but they are phones though. They're not tablets. They are phones. That That is what are they, they, they are. Se- no, but that's what they're selling them as. Right. Like they come with a phone number and voicemail. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so the, the question was framed to Tim Cook around the iPod mini, which I thought was like the best worded question of the night. So Apple had, you know, just the iPod classic. Um, and they introduced the mini smaller, uh, only a little bit cheaper, you know, less storage capacity. But the big thing was it's smaller and lighter and it went crazy. People bought a ton of iPod minis. And then a couple years later, Apple's like most successful iPod ever. We're canceling it. We're doing the iPod Nano. And, and that was kind of the the reference for this question of, is Apple going to do that with the iPhone? And and again, instead of answering the question, which mm, sort of did, Tim says, look, it's about making these products. And right now, the best way we know to make the best product is just have one. Um, or I totally believe him. Like, I, like a lot of other people in the industry, think that Apple might be stretched too thin. In, in places, and so I think he's right. I think the the best thing they can do right now, product wise, is just have one. Now, does that mean that I wouldn't buy a bigger or smaller phone if it was an option? I don't know. Um, but that's like, I mean, that's the question, right? Like it, the rumors right now that Apple, you know, is either going to double the the DPI on the on the phone again, which seems crazy, or they're going to go bigger again. Um. So it's interesting. This is why I know I need to watch the video because from what I read, I took that as Tim saying, right now we have one and that's fine. And that's working for us. But talking about the range of iPods so told me that they are thinking about a range of iPhones. That's what I took away from that. I mean, I'm sure they are thinking about it. I, mean, like, I, I personally believe that Apple within the next 12 months will have a bigger screen iPhone than what they've currently got. 
But Probably not 6.8 inches. No, I think they'll go to 4.8 or something like that, which is a, it tends to be, it seems to be a bit of a sweet spot, like the 4.7, 4.8 um, range. Um, but I don't think that it will be the only iPhone. I think, and that and that's the that would be the big difference, right? Like now, if you want a smaller phone, you have to buy an older phone. And so, really, to 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 mimic what these other companies do, is Apple would have to offer a what's the iPhone five four inch, you know, a four inch and a four point eight inch phone with the same specs. Say you choose the screen size is now an option. It's not the you know, it, it's it's put on a level playing field. Yeah, charge a bit more for it. Yeah, do it. Margins, yeah. Because it's like with the iPad mini, you know, they charge more than we thought because for them to make it the way they wanted it, it was going to cost more. And it, it will cost more for Apple to make these other phones. So as well, if they've got two different devices in the market, they can have two different price points. Right, and the iPad mini is, is one of the factors in the stock price. You know, if you look at their last quarterly results, the the median iPad price has fallen, and it's because people are buying the Mini. Yeah. And the margins, Apple has admitted, are thinner on the Mini than what the company prefers. And so you look at the numbers, they're selling, iPads are doing really well, but they're making less money per unit as the stock price goes down. And so that's definitely going to be a consideration in the future if they if they do what they've done with the iPads and offer different options. Um, and really, with the iPad Mini, you know, you still get the A5. Like, you, it's lower spec than the big one. Yeah, I, I, I think that'll even out as time goes on. I kind of envision um, in September the iPhone event being the unveiling of the iPhone 5S and the iPhone Plus or something, and, and they have these two phones and they run concurrently. It'd be something. That that's the way that I kind of that's where I see it going. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me to see it in September, hmm. um, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, so the, the next two items are, are mostly political. They talk about taxes. Um, you know, Tim's like we pay. I mean, it's the same story that they that was out when they were in front of the congressional hearing. Uh, I guess now a week ago. Yeah, I so don't understand any of this. And so. I'm not going to attempt to explain it because I'm not sure I can. But basically, Tim's saying, we pay all the taxes we owe, and we would love for the system to be simpler. Let us help you simplify it, U.S. government. Yeah. Um, really nothing new there. I mean, it was obvious it was going to come up because it just the meeting had just happened a week before. Um, you know, like The way that I kind of see it is we will bring some money back if you allow us to pay the taxes that are compliant in the countries where we've got that, where we've generated that money. But let us bring it back, and don't penalize us for it. That's kind of the way that I see it. Is what they're saying, but I could be so wrong. It's it's definitely a complicated issue, and it's not made any clearer by the fact that it's really hard to report that sort of thing fairly. And so I think a lot of journalists kind of overlay their personal thoughts on the U.S. government or tax code on top of it. Yeah, myself included, right? Like, um. That's a very difficult thing to be objective about because it's so tricky. Um, the the only other political thing, it was very brief. It was briefly mentioned there were some stories out today. But Apple has hired the former head of the EPA. Um, EPA the EPA does a lot of things in the U.S., but one of the things they do that relates to Apple is that they set the standard of 
these are the chemicals you can put in your products. This is, you know, percentage of recyclability we want to see, et cetera. And the head of the agency is now working for Apple. Uh, it seemed to be a very recent move. Um, and uh, they announced that she is working directly for Tim Cook, uh, which I think is great. Apple's always been a very, uh, at least in the last seven or eight years, a very uh, environmentally uh, conscious company. I'm not sure that anyone's doing a better job than they are. And even Apple will say we have a long ways to go. And so this is just another step in that direction. And I applaud that wholeheartedly. This next part is fascinating to me. So when acquisitions, yeah, Tim was asked about the amount of money and piles and piles of cash. As funny as it sounds, it's kind of all they got. Um, and Tim sort of says that previously they would, they you know, in previous years, in recent history, they've been acquiring a company about every 70 days or so. I can't imagine that there's a calendar where it's like day 69. Oh, it's time to go buy somebody. <laughs> well, no, we're late. Quick, someone go down the road, buy a coffee shop. Um, so they've typically acquired like six or seven companies a year. This year, sort of, you know, just before the halfway through the year, they've already acquired nine and they haven't publicly announced them all. I, right. I find the that very exciting. was, I mean, basically it came out that they only disclose it when they have to. And there's a lot of like antitrust and competition stuff in there, whether they have to legally disclose it or not. It also depends on how much they paid and, and what the parameters are. But Also, it, like, you know, I see it as like, Apple aren't stupid. They probably acquire companies through shell companies. Um, so when it's announced, nobody cares. Like, let's say small app development company gets bought by Big Speaker Limited, which is a shell company set up by Apple. That's not going to break any press, but that company right. still acquired them. I'm not saying that's how they do it, but that Apple aren't stupid. They're not going to break SEC law on this stuff. Did you see that Apple acquired the magazine? Oh, was that who that was? Wait, is, is that, that right? Who did that? Interesting. Hmm. I know they bought um, Yahoo. Yes. Okay. And and I believe um, Path. That all seems. Correct. That seems pretty accurate. I think. Um. So they talk about Walt says. Let's talk about control. There's a lot of talk of, of open versus closed. Uh, Facebook did Facebook Home, which hasn't done very well. And, um, you know, a- Apple, you know, it was understood that Apple said, we're not going to let anyone take over the lock screen. Like, it's hilarious to me that if Facebook went to Apple, like, the Facebook was so, was dumb enough to think Apple would say yes. Um, you got to ask the question, though, right? You'd be stupid not what? to ask the question. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and, he's, and Tim's like, yeah, you know, we're uh, we're opening more in the future, but not to the, this is the thing, but not to the degree that we put the customer at risk of having a bad experience. Like, again, question about open versus closed. Well, it's about our products. And also, like, shot across Android the bow. Crazy well, shot across the bow to Facebook, right? Because that's who they're talking about. Everybody's I mean, talking about I, Facebook. I think it's more yeah. of a shot at Google than anyone else. I think Facebook just happens to be the middleman here. Um, Kara hilariously called them bobbleheads instead of chatheads. <laughs> so, it's an easy slip of the tongue, but it's fun. It's a really that. great one. It's a really great one. 
Um, they talk about social. They talk about iMessage. Up to 2 billion iMessages sent per day, which is insane. Um, you had a, your is, tweet, I think this might be one of my favorite of yours. Would you like to read that to, to the world um, about that? If not, yes. I can I can bring it up. I'll read it. Let me pull up the Storify link real quick. That's in the show notes, by the way. 5x5.tv forward slash cmdspace, command space, slash 45. You'll find the links to all of today's shows, including a link links to uh, Stephen's insane and, and very entertaining um, live tweets from the 512 Pixels account that he runs uh, for his website. There is a Storify link in there of all of the, uh, the, the tweets, which That's are like very amusing. <laughs> so here it is. Tim claims Apple sends 2 billion iMessages a day. Quote, we have no idea how to get them there in order, though, he mumbled. <laughs> yes, that's very true. iMessage is it's like the rest of iCloud. It's just so broken. My favorite one, well, I had a lot of favorites, but I'm obviously biased. One of them was someone asks about iAds. Tim has to ask his aide if that's still a thing. Aide has to Google it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I don't think I'd realize that iMessage was that big, and uh, to call it a social thing is really not very accurate in my book. You know, I think the most I think the most social thing Apple has right now is Game Center. Um, it's not a network of any kind. It's no, it's they're just uh, intercepting text messages. That's all they're doing. Most people don't even know, like you know, or they. Not they turn blue one day when yeah. I update my phone. Like it's not a thing. Like it's not like oh, I've got to get the iMessage. Like it's not like that. And it's not like people go and download the iMessage app to interact with their friends. Right. It's just we have intercepted and you by default can't change this. Which is the genius of it. Yeah, I mean that's the great thing about it. But to say that it's a network that they built up is yeah. And really to brag about the amount like. You're not proving anything. I mean, that number doesn't mean anything without context. Yeah. Like, how many Facebook messages are sent a day? Much I more. I don't know. Is that even, it's probably not even public. Me, you, and Matt do more than that, I think. I know. I need to talk to you guys about that because I'm probably deactivating my Facebook account again. But this but, is every other day you're now telling us you're deleting Facebook. So I'm, just I'm getting you already. Um, I talk about maps. Tim says we screwed up there, but it's greatly improved. Um, he shot down the rumor that they bid for Waze. Do you remember that? Like Waze is the turn by turn company. Yeah, it it's seems a like terrible name. Facebook's going to buy them, doesn't it? So I don't know about that, but when I read it on the live blog, I thought it said like Wave, like Google Wave, and I was <laughs> like, ah, that's awesome! He made a Wave joke. As <laughs> he didn't. Um, talk about the Samsung case again. Tim's like. We don't like copying of our products. Um, nothing new there. The last quote I have in our notes is at the very end of the interview and really interesting to me um, because it, it mimics the conversations that all of us were having you know, two years ago. Uh, this is Tim Cook. With the tablet, there was some concern that it would be a consumption device, but we proved it could be a productivity device. Pages is a top seller. We also do GarageBand and iMovie is incredible. That whole consumption versus creation conversation, which if I read one, I have a rule now, if like that shows up in a headline, I'd stop reading your website. Um, like the fact that Apple thought of that in advance, like 
hey, it shouldn't surprise anyone because Apple is made up of some of the smartest people on the planet. But it's like it proves like they're in touch with the world. And they're like they know how how their products are going to be perceived and how people are going to respond to them. And I think that's great. I think it's great, Mike. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so that's a uh, that's all things D eleven conference. So D eleven. I think there's an ice cream truck driving by. Can you hear that? No. One of the things that we didn't talk about, and it's kind I'll of. I'll be right back. <laughs> Sorry. I'll be right back. <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> uh, one of the things that Tim mentioned, well, he was asked and kind of, you know, confirmed it. I mean, we all knew it was the case, but he confirmed it. Um, is that Jonathan Ive has got his grubby little mitts all over iOS 7. Um, so, I, I do believe that was the exact quote. I think it was Sir Jonathan Ive because that's correct, but everyone seems to ignore that for reasons that I will never really understand. Um, um, because he has an official title of which he has accepted, so therefore she in be a cool. tiny country that a tiny country that's that did actually manage to rule you anyway. Um, <laughs> um, so uh, iOS seven is going to be all Johnny Ived. Um, but how, how far I don't think it's going to be go? as big of a departure as people hope it will be. This is what Jim Dalrymple said too today to me. Yeah, I saw that. And I, I didn't realize I was even thinking that until I read it, but I just, I fear like every, every time there's a rumor of like Apple's going to whatever. So like the iPad's a great example. I can remember when... Uh, the tablet was rumored, and people, including myself, unfortunately, really was were hoping that it would do some like OS ten stuff. Like, like the crazy off the wall idea was like, let me run like OS ten Photoshop on this tablet, and then like I go to dashboard and it runs iPhone apps. Like, hey, that's just crazy in hindsight. But like that's what I always get nervous about. When there's going to be something new, that, like we're all so excited that iOS 7 is going to be top to bottom, front to back, left to right, new looking and flat and beautiful and playful and it's going to cure cancer and it's going to go buy me an ice cream sandwich from the truck that Joe showed by. Like, really? Like, it might actually not. So I quizzed Jim on this on Amplified that. because I picked that out and he was like, he felt that what he was saying or, you know, I inferred what Jim knows, um, is kind of like, he feels like he would like to reword that a little bit. Like, he doesn't think that it's going to be as far as what um, as what is being reported by places like Apple Insider and 9to5. Um, but he says that he does believe that you would be able to look at an iPhone running iOS 7 and an iPhone running iOS 6 and instantly know that they're different. That's good enough for me. That's what I want. And then, because I believe the real change comes in iOS 8. Guys, I want my iPhone to run widgets. Well, no, I'm not saying that. I mean, yeah, I would love that. I know. But I'm not I saying know. That's that. just one of the things you always see. Yeah. Um, but I just think that the time that... that Johnny Ive and the new structure have had has been enough to make change but not enough to make maybe the full change. I mean, I wouldn't... I I fully expect that iOS 7, when it releases in the fall, will look very different to what we see in a week and a half. 
like it will be more yeah i mean yeah i mean i think it, it, i think jim even wrote this i think looking at os 10 and the way that it has changed over the years is a good um a good way to think about it like 104 to 105 wasn't a drastic change but 103 to 108 is um i mean 101 to 103 yeah, but one Massive. to iOS one to iOS six, there hasn't been. Like, but OS ten also is not yearly, or at least wasn't then. And so, I mean, the, the analogy's not perfect, Michael. But <laughs> sorry, Stephen. Uh, <laughs> Michael. Michael. We should talk about that. Not today. Uh, not today. I want to finish it. That's what she said. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to evolve, and I think you're right. I think there's a possibility that what we get handed as a beta in a couple weeks is not what will ship. Like, you know, and they've done that before with iOS, especially early betas. And like, you know, you can tell like something's different or that they're moving in a direction, but it's not fully realized until a later beta. And that's fine. That's what betas are for. Um, but I do, I do hope for, uh, for a visual, uh, a, a freshening up, you know, uh, yeah. a stripping away of some of those things that, that are just silly in places. I, I think if that's your expectation, I don't think you'll be disappointed. I just want some change. Um, I want some visual change. Um, and I want, um, actually, do you know what? I'm not going to go into it because we're going to talk about it next week, but we'll get to that in a minute. Do you know, the, my overall takeaway, like from today and from doing this show with you today, is I am so happy we've got something to talk about. Because we haven't had anything to talk about. Yeah, five twelve uh, has has been a little weird. Well, no, I don't. No, no, I think you've misunderstood what I'm saying. I mean that <laughs> we've got some substantial Apple topics. Today. Yeah, like well, it's been quiet all year. Yeah, like, we would have had one at least event by now. We would have had the March event, but we which haven't you can squeeze weeks of podcast topics out of. Yeah, you really can. Like before and after. But I mean, that's uh, that's not us cheating you. I think that's what you guys want to hear as well i mean i assume you know if you listen to the shows this show is typically a little bit different i mean you know but but you i think they've got an excellent hour's worth of podcasting out of us today but um there hasn't been an event since like what when when was the last one before christmas like october uh yeah was the ipad mini after the iphone 5 yes Whatever, the iPhone 5 it was. Mini, which everyone was second. It was, because we were talking about the chamfer of the iPad Mini, and we never would have spoken about that. Ugh. But, like, so it's been a long... It's been a, it's been an uncharacteristically long time. Yeah. And and that's... It's weird, but I think it's a direct result of the whole four-stall changing of the guard. The four-stall... The four-stall four-stalling. <laughs> we stalled everything. Um. So yeah, so I'm happy. <laughs> I don't think I've got you to talk to anymore. I think you've gone. Uh, but I'm happy yeah, that I'm, I'm done. I'm pleased <laughs> that we've got this, and I'm really excited to have even more to talk about in a couple of weeks. And we should maybe yes. talk about that a little bit. So, um, so so listeners of the Five Twelve Podcast, uh, we've hinted that some changes are coming, and we're not going to reveal all of them today. Um, but. Uh, we have. I can say that we have two episodes left. 
next week, we'll be joined by Federico Vitici of Mac Stories and All Around Handsomeness. Yep, and we're going to be talking about iOS 7 and WWDC um, predictions and wants. Predi- predictions and wants. Not rumors, predictions and wants. Um, and then the final 512 podcast will be um, at San Francisco. You and I will be in the person, which you, we've only ever recorded one show together in person. Yep, and then... Um, and the then the we, new show, which don't... Mm. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, all I'm going to say is, and then we will have a show of, on the 5x5 network. With a new name. With a new name and a new attitude. I don't know why I said that. But it'd be, it'd be, it's a new show. It's, <laughs> Basically it's the same show. attitude. It's a new um, show. But with some, some pretty big changes, we're going to share some more of that in the coming weeks. Um, so people, especially uh, if you've enjoyed this show, Command Space listeners, you should go... There'll be a link in the show notes, but 70decibels.com forward slash 512 podcast. That's where you'll catch the next episode of this story, um, which will be next week's show, which will be there. It'll be on that site. Um, And then you will be able to listen to the next couple of shows and then come back for the new show. I think that's that's cool, right? I think people will enjoy that. I think people will have enjoyed this episode. We're going going out on a strong note on 512. um, I'm really... I mean, I mean, Mike. Obviously, you know, but we have been working on this new thing for a long time. Yeah, I mean, I I've, I've been working on this idea for like six, seven, eight months, maybe longer. Yeah, yeah. Um, the idea is even older than like just us like sitting down saying this is the time to do it. This is basically. Um, oh, I don't want to say too much, but what I'm gonna all I'll say is this. I think this might pique people's interest. This what we are getting ready to launch is the show I've wanted to create for maybe three years. So. There's that. I've had a lot of singing lessons. Yeah, and and <laughs> and I'm I hope that that's paying off. We'll find out in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, I hope that people have enjoyed this show. Um, it's you know something something different for you this week, and I I think that people will have liked it. I know I really enjoyed it, Stephen, and I'm so happy that you were here to to record with me today on Command Space. I think that you should tell people. Because I didn't do the, you know, I didn't do the usual. Oh, what ask you, me what I want to be known for. Stephen Hackett, what would you like to be known for? I can't believe you didn't ask. We just jumped right in. Yeah, we did. Jeez. I just expect everybody knows who you are. That's because we're soulmates. Mm-hmm. I really want to be known as Mike's soulmate. Uh, no. Um, uh, let's see. I, uh, this is a really hard question when you're asked directly. Yeah, it is because it's diff- It's a different I'd question. Like, I like to be known for having uh, thoughtful and um, uh, interesting insight uh, into Apple and, and the greater world of technology. And while that's important um, and, and I enjoy it, you know, I, I want to be known as someone who is just is a good friend, who's a good father. I've got two kids. Is uh, an advocate for good things you know just a, a nerd with a purpose nerd of a purpose i like that there you go you saved everything it was all good but you started to trail um nerd of a purpose is cool actually that's your new twitter bio um stephen writes and, and is a excellent writer and has a fantastic website um one of the only ones that i read everything from and it's at 512pixels.net um old apple fans will will get the joke there i'm sure you should go you should go there. I mean it'd be in the show notes, but five one two pixels dot net is where you want to go to see Stephen's excellent writing. Um I will be back next week. Um who am I with next week? Right, so next week's I won't say. I won't say. Because I need to confirm it, but 
<laughs> it's gonna be a might, good, it's gonna be a really good guest next week. I might think. be me again. <laughs> no, 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 it's it's fine because otherwise I've I'm recording two shows next week because I'm pre-recording one for WWDC. So worst comes to worst, you will get one. Um, but yeah, so that's I've I've got a cool guest next week, and I think people will really enjoy it. So, but thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of Command Space. You can find me online. I am on Twitter and app.net. I'm I Mike, I M Y K E. Stephen is um, I S M H. Um, on Twitter and app.net. That'll be in the show notes too, of course. Thank you so much for listening to today's very special episode of Command Space. Um, as I mentioned earlier, you can find the links to the what we've discussed today at 5x5.tv slash command space, C-M-D-S-P-A-C-E slash 45. Um, and we will be back next week for episode 46. Don't forget to check out 70decibels.com forward slash 512 podcast for the continuation of our tale. Until next time, thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Adios.